0: Thank the Lord today. Can we just praise the name of Jesus real quick? Yeah. Man, I just, I love, I love that the whole idea that Jesus came to us, amen? Like, isn't it just so wonderful, so precious as people we needed help we needed rescuing and Jesus came he came to our rescue and I just man I I thank the Lord I worship him right now I just so thankful that God did not he he didn't just stay on his throne he said listen I'm coming and I'm on a mission and I'm going to save my people and man I'm just so thankful to the Lord that that he, he came and he rescued us and so my only response from that point is just to say man God in my life just be lifted high. In our world, be lifted high. Like I just, my only response from that point is just to lift high the name of Jesus. So we just celebrate the name of Jesus this morning. Yeah. Well, so happy Father's Day to all my fellow fathers in the room today. We just celebrate all the fathers. I have a two and a half year old, so I'm, I am I am in the beginning stages of fatherhood. But I'm happy to be a part of the club. Um, you know, Father's Day is a, is an interesting you know any holiday can be interesting time for people because holidays oftentimes uh, are like highlighters, right? And so if there's good things going on in that time in your life, it could be a highlighter of the good, right? But you know, if if times are are not as good, maybe kind of rough, uh, you know. Uh, holidays can highlight the bad, right? And so with Father's Day, you know, maybe you have an incredible father in it, and, and a day like today, you just, you celebrate, you've already posted to Facebook and Instagram and just shouted out your father, man, I'm so thankful for my father, you know, or maybe this Father's Day, you find yourself in a place where, you know, maybe you lost your father recently or, or maybe you grew up without a father. And, and so maybe the idea of Father's Day is a painful one for you to experience. And I just want to Say to you today that your heavenly Father loves you, and He'll always be here for you, and always be here with you, even into the end and on into eternity. And so we can look to our heavenly Father today. And so I just want to encourage you with that. And then also this: you know, a lot of times people say that you know, just this generation, we're living in a fatherless generation. You may have heard that, you know, we're living in a fatherless generation because, you know, families are kind of more and more, um, you know, being broken up. And, and so a lot of times people say, you know, we have a fatherless generation. And I just want to say, man, I would love to shift the narrative on that. Anybody with me? I think I see incredible where sometimes people see negative and see weakness. I see opportunity, right? I see opportunity for us to go ahead and say, hey, you know what? The church, we're going to rise up. And you know what? Men we're going to be fathers to all. Maybe we have children of our own, but we're not going to stop there. We're going to look and seek out the young man who doesn't have a father, amen? That young man who doesn't have a dad who just needs somebody to teach them some life skills, right? To empower them, say, hey man, you can do it, right? And there's th- these young ladies who maybe they don't have a father as well and they just need somebody to affirm them, right? To affirm them in who God created them to be. And so, man, I just think we have incredible opportunity, men, uh, to rise up and to be fathers to the fatherless. And I think it's an incredible calling on all men, not just the one with biological children, but on all men to, to have a fathering spirit in everything that we do and to reach out. You know, um, it's awesome that I get to be up here on Father's Day because I've got a microphone and I get to shout out my father, right? And so I hate to break it to you guys, but I have the best dad in the world. And so... You all lose. Um, I win at the best dad game. So, uh, but man, growing up, I shared my dad a lot with other young people, a lot of people my age. And when I was young, you know, there's a few times where that uh, sort of upset me a little bit. Maybe I got a little bit jealous. But then I had a perspective shift, and especially as I got older, and I began to see the transformation that would take place in the lives of different ones. Um, Man, I just saw how much it meant to the ones without a father. To see my father step in and be to them what they didn't have, to be an expression of the heavenly father to them. And so how could I keep this amazing gift all to myself, right? And so I just, I, I, I celebrate my father, but I also use this as an opportunity to challenge us all as men to be good fathers to the ones who called us dad, but also to the reach out to the ones who have no one to call dad. Uh, to, to provide that support, that empowerment, that affirmation, like I said. And, and if you're here today, I also want to say this. If you're here today and, and maybe you failed big time as a dad, right? And so Father's Day is maybe a shameful day for you. I just want to say you're in the right place this morning. And that your heavenly father just loves you and he forgives you. And, and he, you, God the father wants to redeem your years. Amen. That God the father wants to bring restoration and healing into your life. His blood covers all your sin. And so if you're a father who maybe growing up, you, you, maybe you did the best you could, but you recognize that you failed. Will you receive the forgiveness of God this morning? Don't leave this place bound and let the enemy just trying to remind you of what a bad do- job you did. Remind the enemy of the job that Jesus did on the cross. And then that, that work is a finished work. Amen. A work that we can receive in Jesus' name. And so some of these things that I just mentioned are, are go along with what our message is today, and, to, and our message, you know, we're we're starting, we're we're in summer, and so we're kind of starting our summer series, which is this summer of renewal, right? And so we're going to enter into this time of renewal here at Christian Old Church, and so summer of renewal is where we're at, where we're going to be hanging out with for the duration of the summer, and today I'm going to be talking to you about perspective, right? And so some of these things that I was talking about are kind of shifting our perspective. You know, I want to challenge us all today to think a bit differently. And for me, being a father has brought me an entirely new perspective right I mean eyes wide open to a world that I just I I tried to prepare myself for but just had no idea what was coming so being a father has brought me all sorts of new perspectives and it's like a daily weekly thing right I mean any parents in the room it's like a it's like a weekly just new perspective on life all the time especially as my son Oliver grows older and he's in his toddler stages now I mean he's he's really just a full-on just boy I mean just young boy just going around Around. He was jumping from the coffee table over to the couch the other day. And, and so we're just having a blast. He always wants me to throw him up in the air. And we're just having a great time. And he loves hanging out with Dad. And he always wants to be a part. And he's a great helper. He loves to help and it's such a blessing. Um one of the things that he likes to help with is he loves to get on the lawnmower, right? Or what he calls he calls it the tractor, all right? So he wants to get on the tractor and ride the tractor. And so from a young age, he would ride on the tractor uh with his papa or, or with me and or with G-Paw. And so uh, you know, he would ride on the tractor, and now he's getting a little bit older, he's actually gotten to the point where where I'll let him sit on my lap as as I as I Mow the lawn, and and we'll do it together, right? And so so we're going through it, and so like yesterday we were doing this, and so we were mowing the lawn, and y'all, can I tell you something? Um, it's it's the most enjoying, fun thing, but at the same time, he's gotten to the age now. He used to just want to sit, right? And he was fine, and he just thought this was the coolest thing, but now he's gotten comfortable there and he's ready to take the wheel you know and so he's just he's grabbing it from me the whole time and and he's he's pushing my hands off you know what i mean he's just like no and and here i'm i'm constantly trying to course correct you know because you know i i would like to keep a straight line and honestly i'd like for us to stay out the ditch like that's just like if we'll just if we could just stay out of the ditch or stay from running into the car or something like that that would be great but i'd also i mean yeah I'm looking behind me, and it's just you know this weave of 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 lines. You know, it's nothing straight, and and it's taken me so much longer too. You know what I mean? Like it's taken me so much longer because I, oh, I got to double back because we missed this one little spot because he grabbed the wheel and yanked it, and and he keeps his no, 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 baby's turn, baby's turn. You know, he's he's pushing my hands off and. And it's so sweet and it's so cute, but like I said, I mean, gosh, y'all, my grass, I could really have it a lot straighter, right? It'd be a lot smoother process, okay? A lot less frustrating for sure, because I'd be in control, right? And uh, and I would get done a lot sooner, and then it was in that moment that there was a perspective shift that took place for me as I began thinking about myself sitting on my heavenly Father's lap on His lawnmower, right? And and here I am just yanking the wheel the whole time, you know, and and taking it forever. And in God's perspective, He's saying, "Man, I could get this done a lot sooner." I I don't need Mark to do this, right? I think it'd be a lot cleaner, be a lot smoother, but I'm so thankful to God that he says, man, I don't need your help. I want your help. Amen. And so the perspective shift for all of us this morning is that God doesn't just, listen, he doesn't need you. But he wants you, right? And so he says, hey, listen, I don't care how much longer it takes me to mow the grass. Load on up. Let's do this. It's better together. And so God is all about relationship. And if you're thinking that, man, God, you know, I'm just showing up to church, maybe unnoticed, like, hey, God, I'm. I'm here. Don't worry about me, right? And and maybe if I go through all of these religious things, and I'm making sure I read my Bible, and I'm making sure I pray, then maybe like God will like be cool. But mostly, I'm just trying to fly under the radar because I don't really think God cares about me, right? I mean, what do I really have to offer to God? Let me tell you, your relationship. And that's all he wants is relationship with you. And so it's such an interesting perspective um, that, you know, that brings. And so perspective can be a game changer for us uh, to how we approach other people, right? Uh, to how we approach our own life. And of course, how we approach God. Have you guys ever said, wow, I never thought of it that way. Or have you ever said, wow, I had no idea. That's in that moment when you say those phrases... A mind shift has happened, right? You've gotten new perspective. Have you ever been sitting with somebody and maybe they're sharing with you some life details. You haven't caught up with them in a while. And all of a sudden they share with you something that's been going on in in their life, something painful. And you sit there and you say, wow, I had no idea you were going through that, right? And all of a sudden, in that moment, you receive a heart for this person, a compassion for them, because of new information. And so a lot of times, new knowledge, new information brings new perspective. Maybe there's people in your life that you've judged from afar, but then once you got close to them... You gain new information. You saw what they were going through. It gave you a new perspective into their life, right? And so it's so important that we don't get stuck into our perspective of other people, that we don't get stuck into our perspective of ourselves, that we don't get stuck into our perspective of God, right? And so we want to have fresh perspective. Anybody with me this morning? We want to have a renewed, constant renewal of our outlook, of our mindset. We want to be shifting constantly constantly to the truth of God to the truth about other People ...and to the truth about ourselves. You know, sometimes uh, perspective shifts... ...there's some other perspective shifts that I've had in my life. I remember when I first started going snowboarding... ...and the first time that, that we went out, you know... ...we're out here in, Mar- in, in Maryland, y'all, WISP, Maryland... ...and I thought that this mountain was just enormous, you know... ...and we had to take a couple different ski lifts... ...and I'm coming down, and I was like, wow, this mountain's so big... ...and there's so much snow. This is incredible, right? Well, then I went out to Colorado. I went to Denver, Colorado, and I got halfway up the mountain, and I was like, wow, this is incredible, and then I found out I was only halfway up the mountain. I was like, this is already bigger than this, and then I get to the top of the mountain, and I'm looking across at a mountain range above the tree lines, I'm like, oh, these are mountain mountains, you know what I'm saying, like, this isn't just a mountain, this is a mountain mountain, you know, and so my perspective was just totally like, wow, game changer. I used to think my life was so hard when I was a young single guy, like just, man, life was just so difficult for me, and I just didn't have any time for anything, and and then, wow, you know, here I am in fatherhood, and I'm just like, I had no idea what tired even meant, you know what I mean, like, that that guy knew nothing about tiredness, like, that's not even, and for those of you who are here this morning, and you're looking at me, and you're like, oh, he's only got one kid? There's going to be some perspective shifts happening in the future for him, all right? And so, and it will. And then, man, I remember the time I thought I had a small house. Like, you know, me and my parents, we have a small house. You know, it's not that big. And then I went on a mission trip to Roentan, Honduras, and we began walking through the town. And I began seeing people who were living in what was my living room, right? And I, all of a sudden, perspective shift of just like, wow, I thought that. What I had was this. And then the more I begin to rub shoulders with other people, new information, exposure to something different. Can we not be afraid to be exposed to things that are different, right? Because in that different, I believe that God wants to give us a renewed perspective, a mind shift. Amen. Romans twelve two says this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How's he going to do it? By changing the way that you think. Then, at that point, you will learn to know God's will for you. And guess what? Guess what God's will is? Man, it's what's good, what's pleasing, and what is perfect. Anybody want that this morning? What's good, what's pleasing, and perfect is perfect will for your life? Yeah. So to do that, we need to allow the Lord to change how we think. And so maybe we've got some stinking thinking. Anybody got some stinking thinking? You just go ahead and admit. Yeah, there's sometimes I just get my, 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 my thoughts just maybe aren't in line with what God has for me and I need Him to change the way I think. And so if we're not careful, we can easily fall into the trap of copying the behaviors and the customs of this world. And sometimes we can do it in the name of religion, but if we're not careful, sometimes we, what we're really doing is we're just copying the behaviors and the patterns of this world. But God wants us to be renewed to a new person through new thinking. How we're going to kind of look at a few different mindset shifts is we're going to look at the book of Philippians, and mostly in chapter 2. The book of Philippians is a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. And so Paul wrote to this, this church this church in Philippi, a church that he started on his second missionary journey around 52 A.D. And so this was almost 20 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus. And he loved the people in Philippi. And the people in Philippi loved Paul as well. And so uh, 10 years later, around 62 A.D., the church sent an offering to paul they 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 sent him some money they said hey, man thank you we love you paul thank you for all that you're doing and uh and so this letter the the book of philippians really is a letter from paul to the church of philippi to say thank you it's like a thank you note that he wrote to them with some really loving instructions and so that's sort of the backdrop of philippians and it's a great book of the bible on the mind there's about 16 references To how you think... To remembering... And to your attitude, right? And so if we look at chapter 2... Verses 1-2... through We see this scripture verse... It says... If you have any encouragement... From being united with Christ... If any comfort from His love... If any fellowship with the Spirit... If there be any tenderness and compassion... Here's what... Then make my joy complete... By being like-minded... Having the same love... Being one in spirit and purpose. And so that word like-minded is the word "phroneo." okay, the word "phroneo," And it's a Greek word that means to set your affection on, to think, to be single-minded, right? So one thing that God wants for us is to be single-minded. Here's what James says. Here, let me write off some scriptures to you guys about the mind. James says this, a double-minded man is unstable in all that he does, right? And then we just read in Romans, do not be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, amen? Paul told the Corinthians, he said this, take every thought captive and make it obedient To Christ, right? Paul told the Philippians, he said, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy, think on such things, right? And then Proverbs says this, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is, right? And so the mind, our thinking, our thought life is vital to our success here in this world as humans. Amen? And so, man, for Paul, if we're looking at Paul as an example, Paul, everything was about Jesus. Amen? Life is Christ. To live is Christ. To die is gain. And so Paul wants us to have the mind of Christ. He's saying, man, be single-minded in having the mind of Christ. And so here's a mind shift that we can take uh, from, from Philippians, and it's this one. If you think like Jesus thought, you'll live like Jesus lived. Come on, that's good news. If you think like Jesus thought, you'll live like Jesus lived. I think sometimes we have a shortfall in that whenever we're looking at somebody, we want to emulate them. We want to do the things that they did, but we don't take the time to really think about the why behind what they're doing. Right. And so if there's somebody that I'm looking to that is as as a a role model or someone that, you know, I'm wanting to seek encouragement from, I don't want to just do what they do. I want to get to the why behind what they're doing. Right. I want to think how they think, because that's going to change how I approach situations. And so with Jesus, we have to be careful. Um, that we don't uh, just just get so caught up in pursuing the works of Christ without having the mind of Christ. Amen. And so, man, what what did Jesus do? What did Jesus think about? He just thought about pleasing God and loving people. Amen. That's what Jesus was thinking about. His most important commandment. To love the Lord your God with all your mind, soul, heart, strength. Right? And then to love your neighbor as yourself. To love people. And so let's not think like the world. Let's think like Jesus. Think like Jesus. Don't you want to do the things that Jesus did? Amen. Anybody want to do the works of Christ in here? All right. Then what we have to do is we have to begin thinking like Jesus. We have to begin thinking his thoughts. We have to get the mind of Christ in us so that we can begin doing. Let's not pursue the doing before we begin thinking about the why, the why, the why. It was about loving God. It was about loving people. And I think, okay, so I think sometimes that that's where we get hung up as Christians. I'll just say it as as the church. I think we get a little bit too ahead of ourselves because we start doing a lot of things, but we don't have a why behind it, right? And so we're just sort of acting out and maybe in a lot of religious efforts, but there's not a why behind it that's understanding, man, what is this all about? And it's all about bringing glory to God and loving people, amen? So we've got to establish that why within ourselves so that then we can go and do the work of Jesus here on this earth. And here's what Philippians 2, 3 says. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But here's what I need you to do. In humility, consider others better than yourselves. I choose in my mind to think of others better than myself. And then it goes on to say in verse 4, each of you should should look not only to your own interests. Man, what do I want to get out of this, right? Don't look to your own interests. But also to the interests of others. In verse 5, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Everybody say this word, say attitude. Attitude. Attitude Attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. Come on. Attitude is a little thing that makes a big, big difference. And so I like to think about, there's a story that I heard told it's a funny one uh, about a young boy, right? And so he's in his backyard and he's got a, he's got a baseball and he's got a bat in his hands and he's out there in his backyard and he's just shouting out, I'm the greatest hitter that ever lived. And so he throws the ball up, he swings and he misses. And he says, that's okay. And he picks up the ball and says, because I'm the greatest hitter that ever lived. And he throws the ball up, he swings, and he misses. He says, ha ha, I'm the greatest hitter that ever lived. Just watch me. He throws it up a third time, he swings, and he misses. He says, oh, not only am I the only greatest hitter of all time, I'm the greatest pitcher of all time. Because I just struck out the greatest hitter of all time, right? Isn't that an incredible attitude to have? You know what I mean? It's just, you can't get me down with that kind of attitude. And so what is what is your attitude? It's your mental habits, right? It's the good and bad habits of your thoughts. And so habits are acquired. And action repeated becomes a habit that is formed. A habit That is, an action that is repeated becomes a habit that is formed. And so, the thing is, is that Paul isn't just saying that we just need to have a positive attitude, right? Like, oh, just think positive. No, it's not just positive thinking. He wants us to have Christ-centered thinking. And so, again, Philippians 2, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. In verse 6, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something that could be grasped. But what did he do? He made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Oh, I love it. Because here's the deal, y'all. Pleasing God isn't about self-promotion, but self-abandonment, right? So pleasing God isn't about us promoting ourselves, it's abandoning self. That word grasp that we see in verse 6, where it says, verse 6, he says, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. That word grasp means to plunder, to rob, to rape, right? It's just saying like, oh, I'm gonna plunder this equality with God, and that's not something that Jesus was trying to grasp a hold of. Lucifer And the the Bible said he wanted to be like God, right? That was that was his uh, his shortcoming, right? That he wanted to be like God. And then the serpent in the garden said, "Hey, you know what? Adam and Eve, you can be like God. You can be like God." And what did they do? They grasped a hold of trying to trying to grab a hold of equality with God. But what does Jesus do? He models for us this whole idea of. Of, of not even considering equality with God to, to be even something that he could grab a hold of. So what did he do? He made himself nothing. He made himself nothing. What did God make the world out of? Nothing. Right? So, man, as long as we're nothing, God can make something out of each of us. Come on, somebody. It's when we begin thinking that we're something, right, that, man, there's a whole lot of nothing to come along after that. When we begin thinking that it's all us and I'm, man... I, I'm so good, you know what I mean? Like I've just got it going on. I'm really something, you know what I mean? I don't want to ever get to that place. I just want to say, hey listen, in my, in and of myself, I'm nothing. But in Christ Jesus, I'm everything. You know what I mean? Like God can take my nothing and He can make something. Amen? And so, My life is not my own. Jesus made himself nothing. And what does he do? He takes the very nature of a servant. What's cool about the book of Philippians is Philippians is the only epistle... It's the only letter where Paul doesn't give his credentials at the beginning of the book. And so if you've read uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, some of those, Paul, he starts out with kind of this litany of just who he is and his credentials um, as an apostle, right? He doesn't talk about the fact that he's an apostle. He just, talked, he just refers to himself as a servant. He doesn't give his credentials because he has such great relationship with the church in Philippi. He just says, hey, listen, I'm, I'm Paul. I just, I came to you as a servant. And that word servant in the Greek is the word doulos. And, it, and, and one of the definitions of it is to be permanently devoted to do the will of another. Permanently devoted to do the will of another. And so here's, here's what Jesus gives us. Here's another mind shift, right? Another perspective shift for all of us that Jesus embodies is that... Serving is not what I do. A servant is who I am. Say that with me. Serving isn't what I do. A servant is who I am. It's who I am. It's in me. It's, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's, It's not something that I'm going out and doing. It's something that I am becoming inside of me. You know, there was uh, another opportunity where Oliver got to help me. We had to clear this stage off because we were getting ready for our HCA graduation. So I had Oliver at work with me this week, and I said, Oliver, I'm going to put you to work. And so we came into the sanctuary, and here we are clearing the stage. And much like um, him mowing the lawn with me, it took me a little while longer again, right? And so at first, I kind of... I kind of gave him a few small tasks, right? I said, hey, Oliver, will you take these tissue boxes and just bring them right in here into the prayer room? And so he did, right? And he just grabbed them. And, you all know, he was so proud of himself because when you give somebody something significant to do, they will view themselves as significant, right? And so I gave him something significant to do, and he felt significant, right? And so then it became time where where we really needed to start moving some of these music stands over here. And so... We, uh, we, I go to grab one and he comes up to me and he wants to help, right? He sees dad grabbing a, a music stand. So he wants to grab a music stand. So he goes to grab one. He goes to pick it up and he says, Oh, too big, too big, too big. And so I said, that's fine. You can come and you can carry this one with me. But what I love about it is that, man, that, He, What he's seeing in that moment is he's saying, man, a servant, he doesn't know this, but a servant is who he is. And that's what I want to model for him is just a servant is who I am. And even if something seems too big for me, I'm still going to show up. I'm still going to jump in. There's something that I can do, right? There's something that I can and come do. And so we would pick it up and I was carrying most of the weight. But he was carrying the back part, right? And so he's got his hand on it, and we're going through, right? And y'all, like I said with with mowing the lawn, it's taking me so much more extra time. But God loves to take the extra time. I want to reinforce that this morning. That do not disqualify yourself from serving the Lord because you think that you're going to get in the way. A servant is who God wants you to be. He's, a servant is what God wants you to embody. And so that looks like doing the most least of things, right? And, uh, and you know, it looks like just being in here with dad, just helping clear off the stage. And, uh, and man, a servant is who we can be. And so it's, it's, it's about relationship with the one that I'm serving, right? And so I didn't need Oliver's help. God doesn't need my help. But it's not about what I'm doing. God could do it without me. It's about the relationship with the one that I am serving and the character that's being formed within me. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. And so we look in Philippians. It says this uh, in chapter 2, verse 8 through 11. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient to death even death on a cross. Therefore, what did God do? God exalted him to the highest place and he gave him the name that is above every other name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Come on, can we rejoice this morning? Yes, that Jesus, he's been lifted up. He's been exalted. That every tongue confess, Jesus Christ is Lord. So, how? How could Paul, chained to a soldier 24 hours a day, y'all know this is where Paul's at, right? He's chained to a soldier 24 hours a day. He could be facing death. They're trying to determine what they're going to do, if they're just going to kill him or not. How could he say some of the things that he says in the, in this in? In his text, right? So he says, man, to live is Christ, to die is gain. He also says, man, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus Christ. He goes on to say, Do not be anxious about anything, but through prayer and petition, make your requests known to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and guard your mind. How is he able to write these things while in the condition that he is currently in at the moment? It's because Paul recognized this. He recognized that if you think like Jesus thought, you can live like Jesus did. And so you may say this morning, man, Mark, my life isn't fair. And man, how how could I even be happy in a world that's this bad, right? And how could I even recover from the pain that I'm in right now? Let me tell you why. It's because my joy isn't based on what happens to me. My joy is in what God is doing in me and doing through me. Can I get a good amen this morning? That my joy is not based... On what happens to me, but what God is doing in me and what God is doing through me. And so I can rejoice and say, listen, I am unscathed. You can't... It doesn't matter what you throw at me because I know what God is going to do in me through that thing. Okay? And so, man, the joy of the Lord will just rise up inside of you when we get this mind shift, this mindset shift, that no longer am I a victim, but I'm a victor in Jesus' name. And so I can begin to say that, man... I can allow the peace of God to guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus because, man, it's it's not about what happens to me but what God is doing in me. It was for the joy that was set before him that Christ, he endured that cross. Can I tell y'all something this morning? Here's some good news for you. On the other side of the pain of the cross is the joy of the resurrection. On the other side of the pain of the cross is the joy of the resurrection. And, and so in Philippians two seventeen, here's what Paul says. This is so good. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith. Even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering, even if I'm put to death, I am glad and I rejoice with all of you. I rejoice with all of you. Our perspective shift has to be one of it's not about me. It's always been about him. And so serving is not what I do. It's who I am. And, and pleasing God isn't about self-promotion, but self-abandonment and if i think like jesus thought then i can live like jesus lived i want to pray for us this morning will you bow your heads close your eyes with me today so all across this room i just want to say a prayer and and here's what i want to do i want to give an opportunity for a response and i've got two responses this morning so as we have as in a prayerful mode right now with with our heads bowed and our eyes closed Man, I just want to ask if if anybody here is wanting a different perspective. And maybe you're saying, man, God, help me to not get so wrapped up in my own perspective. Man, I just want to get my mind united with Jesus Christ. And and, and maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, man, I've just been stuck in some thinking. That has me just all messed up. And, and maybe in my emotions and my feelings, I just feel all messed up. And, and you're here this morning and you're saying, God, change the way that I think. Like, I love you, God. I've, I've been serving you, God. But but I need, I need a mindset shift this morning. And if that's you this morning, I just want to say this to you. I just want to say that God loves you. And I want to just ask you, if that's you this morning, will you just lift your hand so I can pray for you this morning? If you're wanting a mindset shift this morning, will you lift your hand and let me pray for you? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you you jesus well lord we just pray right now father god we just pray right now for those here lord seeking a a shift of mind a shift of thinking that you would change the way they think god we lean into you this morning god we thank you that your word says that you will transform us you will renew our minds god we just allow that process to take place in us today father god i pray for those who are here this morning who's saying god change my mind lord holy spirit would you come and would you do it Would you do a work in the minds of people here today, God, that they would be single-minded, that they would just be devoted to the will of God, that they would know the will of God. What is good? What is pleasing? What is perfect? Would you lay that out for them this morning? And with heads still bowed and eyes still closed, I want to say a prayer this morning. I want to give an invitation for those who are here, and, and man, maybe you are just thinking that God has just been out to get you. That He's just angry, He's upset with you. Or maybe you think God doesn't even care about you. He doesn't care about how you live. But today you've recognized that you need, you need a new perspective. And I want to say to you today that God loves you. That he cares about how you live. The thing is, is that we're all sinners and we're all separated from God. That sin separates us from God. But here's a new perspective. You'll never be good enough on your own. And Jesus did for you what you couldn't do for yourself. And it's only by the grace of God that you can be saved. So if you want to call on him today for the very first time, if you want to enter into not a religion, but a relationship with your heavenly father. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and empowered to live a life that you could never live on your own. If you want forgiveness from your sin today, will you lift your hand so that we can pray this morning? If you want to dedicate your life to Jesus for the first time today, will you just lift your hand? If you're looking to recommit your life to Jesus today, will you lift your hand today? Hallelujah. Amen. 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 We see those hands. Church family, can we pray this prayer with those who are praying it for the first time? Say this with me. Say, God, I need you. I call out to you today. I'm tired of doing things my way. Help me to do things your way. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Forgive me of my sin. Fill the emptiness in me with your Holy Spirit. Make me whole. I put my trust completely in you today. Thank you for hearing this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I give us a new perspective? Maybe maybe you've been coming to church for a long time. And the perspective that you need this morning is that it's still just as awesome when even one person gives their life to Jesus. When one person gets a new perspective that God loves them, that he's for them, he's not against them, that he's a good, good father who cares about his children. And if you prayed that prayer today for the first time, that's what I want you to hear. That man, God wants you to know him. And not only that, he wants you to find some freedom so that you can be freed up to discover your purpose so that you know what? God wants you to make a difference here in this world. You don't have to just come sit in a pew every week, sit in a chair every week. There's work that God has for you. A work that he prepared beforehand, before you were even in your mother's and father's eyes. Man, God had a work for you. And you know what? Let me tell you something. It's a good work. And so I'm just so excited for the people today that gave their life to Jesus. And we just celebrate this morning. (laughs) And so if that's you, if you if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you recommitted, you rededicated your life to Jesus, there's a connection card. And if you would, if you would fill that out and just check right here, we want to be able to follow up with you in your process. We're not looking to to, to dig deep into your life or anything. We just want to be able to celebrate with you to let you know some of your next steps. And then be sure to check out the bottom of our connect card. We have a prayer card. If you'll fill out your prayer request, church family, we want to pray over your prayer request today. Isn't this awesome? Will you stand to your feet with me this morning? Wow. Wow. Anybody feeling a new perspective today? Anybody leaving this place renewed? Man, isn't God just good? Isn't the Holy Spirit just incredible? How He just comes in and just renews our mind, just gives us new thinking, new perspective. Gosh, I just love it. I love serving the Lord. I love serving the Lord. Wow. So good. Well, I'm going to say a blessing over you. Well, blessed are you, O Lord, King of the universe. You've commanded blessing to be spoken over your people, Lord, so that you, your name might be placed on them. And that, Lord, you say that you will do the blessing. And so to each of you here this morning, I just speak this blessing over you. And I say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord lift up the light of his countenance on you. In Jesus' name, amen.